So you're basically leaving me for the whole summer. Not if you look at it like that. How am I supposed to look at it? Look at it like this. I was supposed to be gone most of June anyway, right? I don't see how this is any different. I can't breathe here, and you seem to resent my presence, thus I'm unable to work. It's ugly, it's loud, it's always moving. I, I never feel still long enough to hold a thought. I feel sick out there among the people. I need to remedy this, and an opportunity has presented itself. I'm gonna take it. I've got no money and no hope of another advance. I'm doing what's best for me. Is it the money? Because I don't mind if you need to borrow some Put your money away, all right? I'm, I'm not taking any money from you. Those days are behind me forever, I told myself. I hope this will be good for us, but especially for me. That was the obnoxious novelist, Philip, and this is the only slightly less obnoxious Bina 007. Back for another 10-minute spoiler-free movie review, this time of the indie movie Listen Up, Philip, which played the festival circuit last year, including the London Film Festival, where I saw it, and I think is already available on streaming services in the United States and is out this weekend in the United Kingdom and Ireland. So what's the movie about? Listen Up, Philip is about... Philip, who is a novelist, um, and he's played by Jason Schwartzman. And if you know that actor, you know that he always plays these very arrogant, tone-deaf, completely unself-aware characters. And if you imagine Rushmore, that wonderful Wes Anderson character, and the Rushmore that Jason Schwartzman played as a insufferably arrogant polymath teenager grown up, <laughs> this is what you would get with Philip. And he evidently had some early success. He's published a novel which has been a major hit. And now he has transformed into this really arrogant guy who is struggling to find the creative space to write his second novel. And he's dating this really wonderful creative photographer played by Elizabeth Moss um, of Mad Men. And he just treats her like crap. In fact, he treats everybody like crap. The first act of the film sees Philip insult his ex-girlfriends, old college friends, and his publishers. And, you know, in some cases, it's not just that he's meeting these people and happens to insult them. He actually rings them up and arranges meetings in which he can be mean to them. So this is a really very, very hateful character. And I think it's always a challenge when you're creating a movie in that vein to have a hateful character not create a hateful movie. And I know that as a reviewer, you have to try very hard to separate those two things, but I really did have a very difficult time with this film. I think the first act of the movie um, is better. It plays more like a black comedy and justifies the categorization of the film, both at the London Film Festival and indeed there was a statement read out before that screening by the director, Alex Ross Perry, which very strongly asserts that this film is a comedy. And I think it's not really. I mean, you can think of those old Woody Allen films which have a misanthropic thread running through them, but still have very good one-liners, very good singers, very good observational humour. I'm not sure this movie really pulls that off. And um, I think it definitely takes a turn into the anti-comedy when you get into the second act of the film. So Philip the novelist, he's walked out on his long-suffering, lovely girlfriend, the Elizabeth Moss character, and he's offered the chance of staying at a country house owned by an aging mentor novelist, I think meant to be based kind of on Philip Roth. He's played by Jonathan Price. And then you have this awful sort of duel of meanness between the young and the old authors. 
And the focus of that meanness, rather than being the Elizabeth Moss character, who actually, what I'm quite pleased about is she does get a bit of a narrative arc and we do see her sort of grieving for that relationship and moving on with her life. But effectively, all this callousness then focuses in on the older author's daughter, Melanie, who's played by the wonderful Kristen Ritter. Now, I think the real problem with this film is it's very imbalanced. You know, you have the Elizabeth Moss storyline, which adds some real heart to the film. And, you know, we know from Admin that she's an amazing actress, but she's so sympathetic and so nuanced in what she does with her character that you find yourself really wanting more of her on screen. And that when you're in the main bulk of the movie, at least for me, you're kind of willing it to get away and back to her. And, and that's wrong. That That's a fault of the writing, I think. But when you when you go back to the novelists, what you really want is not just the misanthropy, but the humour. And I was kind of trying to see if this movie could succeed in the way that a movie like The Squid and the Whale succeeded. I mean, that was a tale of really nasty characters, but there was enough um, relatability in the dysfunction in that family that as an audience member, you could still sort of... Uh, put a hook into that film and you could still will for them to do well even though they were doing some horrible things and I think the problem is that with Listen Up Philip you just don't have that entry point and so after a while I mean this isn't a long film it's under two hours long but after a while just hearing that same repetitive snide snide behavior it just becomes very boring and because it's boring you start detaching yourself from the film and kind of dissecting what the director Alex Ross Perry is trying to do and from my perspective it, it ends up being quite derivative because he's almost trying to do Woody Allen misanthropic humor you know Upper East Side concerns one percent problems and then he's almost trying to do Wes Anderson and that's partly because he's cast Jason Schwartzman but it's also the way he does the production design and there's a really kind of, I mean, it's quite a funny montage where he does all the book covers of the various authors. But it's very Wes Anderson in The Royal Tenenbaums. And the other thing that's very Royal Tenenbaums is this very knowing, over-articulate, rushed voiceover narration. That's absolutely Alec Baldwin from that film. So, you know, I think this is a movie that had a lot of promise. It's got a great cast. The production design's interesting. And I really don't want you to think that just because it contains mean people, I think it's a mean film. I don't. But I just think that black comedy is probably, apart from like really good satire, one of the hardest types of comedy to pull off. And I just don't think the script is strong enough. I don't think the balance of the movie is quite right. And as a result, it's very wearing. So no, I wasn't really a fan of Listen Up Philip, sad to say. So, uh, you know, if, if you've seen the movie or plan on seeing the movie and agree or disagree with my take, please feel free to leave a comment on the blog at beena007.com. But otherwise, I would say Listen Up Philip probably isn't the film of the week to watch. Thank you for listening. <laughs>